There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Give it to me! Oh, hello, I'm Hollywood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you. Thank you, as always, where we like to analyze what we think are hot or even slightly cooling trends and uh, finding things that are a thing across this great nation from our basements to the seas where we may happen to travel on any mm. given week. So and seeing what we see. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I want somebody to make a menagerie of. We, we've created so many different categories of things, like personal things, things that are cooling, <laughs> things that are heating, things that might become a thing, uh, uh, and things the, that already the, have become a thing, or things. The, told, uh, yeah. the things. The things I have this week are things that occurred to me while traveling. One, I love it. Sort of over the course of a weekend about the place I was traveling, which was Las Vegas, Nevada, and the other. Uh, a thing that uh, uh, I stumbled across while sitting in the airport waiting for the plane that uh, who knows whether I would have come across it if I hadn't done that. Travel things is definitely a sub yeah. thing. Yeah, I love it. All right, and well, it's a you follow up thing. Too, I feel actually. like you should. I feel like you should start because you're you're like fre- we should. By the way, for those of you who are super dedicated listeners and have attached your Patreon accounts to Discord and like to join us live, you'll know that this episode is happening. Uh, a little bit late, a little by the skin of our teeth, because both of us were on the road. And Tom is like fresh off an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> right this second. I, I did uh, pull some stuff out of my suitcase. So I'm not, you know, 100% like just off the airplane, but pretty, oh, dang. Pretty, darn, pretty darn close. Yeah. Really? It'll take me like days to unpack. Uh, three days. Three days. Three day pa- I don't I don't pack a lot on a three day. So I just when I say I pulled some stuff out of my suitcase, what I mean is I pulled the clothes out of my suitcase and put them in the washer. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a huge That's accomplishment in my world. Yeah, I got back I from Boston on Thursday and all those clothes. Because you know, they're business Betty clothes, so like, I don't uh, need them. You're like, I don't need these. Yeah. They could be in that suitcase for another week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I'll, so I'll start by talking about the thing that occurred to me while I was in Las Vegas. And this is like a slow burn thing. You may have noticed this. You probably have heard people talking about it. But I think I finally internalized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Las Vegas is no longer about gambling or sin city stuff. Mm -hmm. It's there if you want it. It hasn't gone away. You can go find it. But when I first went to Las Vegas in the 90s, it was kind of a throwback city. Like, oh, this is fun. It's like we're in the 70s, early 80s swinging times again, right? It was (laughs) a nostalgia play. Like, I'm going to be like the Rat Pack and go to Las Vegas and gamble and get in trouble. Las Vegas is not like that now. And mm-hmm. again, you can find it if you want. It's it still exists. It's not gone, but it's not the thing. I, I realized this when I was walking through casinos, and I wasn't even mildly like attracted to the uh, uh, slot machines right. anymore because there were so many other things I had my mind on doing. Uh, the the ability to navigate. Uh, through a hotel lobby without being pulled through all of the card tables and roulette wheels uh, at the newer casinos is is an amazing improvement to your life. Yeah. Um, 
And there is, it's about, if you want it to be, it's about shows, like real shows. When I, again, when I first went there in the 90s, it was like, oh, it's Wayne Newton. That's catchy. The Vitigas. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, uh, you know, Backstreet Boys, uh, which I know is a kind of, I guess, the Wayne Newton of the 90s in a way. But uh, there's also, every hotel has their own Cirque du Soleil. We went to see the Love Cirque du Soleil while we were there. Amazing food. Like every kind of food that you would like as an American, at least, and some internationally, you Mm -hmm. can find in Las Vegas. Like, and for real, not just like pale imitations, like the actual chef-inspired the actual versions. Chef. Well, yeah, the actual, actual chefs. chefs, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We went to a Michael Mina restaurant. They're yep. all over the place. The place is lousy with Michael Mina restaurants. There is an arena where it during hockey season, <laughs> you can just walk from a hotel to a pro hockey game. Like, <laughs> it's, it's I, I I'm like, Las Vegas is just vacation town now. It is no longer yep. gambling sin city town. So what is crazy about this, which is so often the case on this podcast, is that I was at a birthday party yesterday, uh-huh. like a kid one, but talking to the parents, and we were standing around and somebody, we saw, somehow Vegas came up and someone said, yeah, I'm just not a fan of Vegas. And I said, you know, I, I, like, to, I like to go to Vegas and eat. Like mm-hmm. the food is so fantastic and all these great chefs have opened restaurants there. In fact, the last time I was there, I went to Roy Choi's restaurant. He's the, oh, you know, the Korean taco yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I've been to the Alibi Room here in L.A., which is yeah. one of his first. It's really good. He's unbelievable. And he opened a restaurant in Vegas called Best Friend, which is dedicated to Anthony Bourdain. Aww. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I like teared up as soon as I walked in yeah, the door. Like- and it's got Best Friend paraphernalia all over oh. it. But, like, I went there at for the culinary experience. And, and then I said... And actually, the sh- you know, and somebody said, yeah, there's the shows. And I was like, the shows have gotten really good. I mean, I literally had this exact conversation yesterday. And then I was like, also, I'd love to go to the pool at like 730 in the morning when it's already 85 degrees, but nobody's yeah. there. And I said, I don't gamble at all. And all of the people around me were like, yeah, me neither. But it turns out Vegas is really fun. And I was like, yeah, turns out I love Vegas even though I am the world's worst gambler and always have been. And I used to just go and have to avoid that part of it. And now it's like, oh, I'm having a great time. That's so hilarious because, yep, (laughs) it's the thing. (laughs) It it, it is. And and Molly and I have been going to Vegas every year for CES at least, if not Mm -hmm. for other things throughout the year. So I've been watching this trend unfold with you. In fact, I I kind of vaguely remember, and I don't know if it was with you or someone else, but like taking one of those CNET shuttle things somewhere uh and talking about like yeah they have an opera at their you know vegas is really expanding beyond just the normal blah 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 uh and and it's it's fully realized now like it really is i i when i first went to vegas i went to gamble i learned basic strategy for blackjack and i wanted to hit the tables and then later when i was going for work i'd be like well i'm in vegas i should i'll always gamble a little bit just to have (laughs) you know because i'm in vegas why not and then it became you know what i went to vegas and i didn't gamble and then at some point i just stopped even thinking about whether i did or not it just became irrelevant right you did and and i think more importantly or most significantly i felt no fomo right and you did you don't get the when you say you went to vegas people say well what did you do not so you get did how you much win? did you win yeah. how much did you lose yeah right. it really does feel like that part of it is over now someone at this birthday party yesterday where apparently i pre-gamed the podcast by accident uh <laughs> <laughs> did wisely point out that vegas is still standing so clearly 
somebody's making some money on on gambling but i oh almost, sure yeah but it does make me wonder like i wonder what the split is these days like it i think you probably could safely say even 10 years ago that 80 percent of vegas's revenue w- maybe still came from gambling and the other 20 percent was like booze you know <laughs> and now yeah. i would i would really wonder because i think the restaurant scene the, the music thing they're you know they're bringing in all these festivals once i was there a year ago or so and they were saying oh they're building this huge outdoor arena so they can have music festivals come there's all the shows and i wonder what's driving that because there's a lot of international tourism to vegas well, and i wonder like where the split is there too I think it used to be, well, if you're going to get people to fly to Nevada in the middle of the desert, you got to give them a real compelling reason. And that real Mm -hmm. compelling reason was legal gambling. And then the casinos and hotels very wisely said, well, while they're here, the people who win, we should figure out how to get some of their money back. So let's put out shops. Let's put out nice restaurants. Let's do shows. And over time... It's become compelling enough to just say, well, let's just go to Las Vegas for those things. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need the other reason anymore. Some people. Some people still do. Like I say, it's not there. And there are plenty of vacation spots in the world that survive on just giving you really nice places to eat and shopping and all of that. And and Vegas is now evolving into that Mm -hmm. without losing its gambling. I mean, the gambling's still going on. There's still people sitting at the slot machines. They haven't abandoned them or anything. So they're making money off all of it now. Yep, exactly. So it's standing even taller. Maybe that's it, right? Yeah, Even taller. Um, one thing you could do in Las Vegas is get a really expensive manicure, which, yeah. le- <laughs> which leads me into uh, my thing, which, again, this falls into the category of has been a thing. Ha- re- you know what I'm going to call it? It's reached peak thing. Okay. Yeah. No. This has been a rising thing, and we're saying we're like we're we're near the top of it. Like it's it's definitely out there. Yeah, I think we're getting very close to peak thing, and Mm -hmm. it's it's now like for everyone, and that thing is freaking extra fingernails, like the manicure, (laughs) the the regular old manicure has now gone to a level of art. (laughs) Oh, and nail nail art, nail not art. extra fingernails. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, like extra. Like, there's I thought so you meant much like people going were on. adding fingernails onto their hand for They're a second. They're doing that too. Oh, <laughs> for they? sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I wasn't I mean, sure you didn't mean that. Oh, no. Like the Lee Press on nails are back. Like, na- like you know what? I, I'm going uh, to actually call it nail culture. Nail culture. All right. I like nail it. Nail like culture it. is a mm-hmm. thing because it's not enough to get a manicure anymore. It's just not. And if you haven't gotten it, it used to be that like when I went to New York City, I made sure I got a new manicure. Like there are some places you can't just roll up in New York and not have good nails. Sure. Now so that, that is almost the case everywhere mm. up to and including like middle school. Like my child looked at my nails the other day and was like, well, you got no polish. <laughs> and then, but the polish alone is not going to do it. You can't just uh, I'm gonna, have... I'm calling the backlash against this for like 15 years from now. Possibly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, or maybe so like two. I can't... Yeah. I mean, I, the amount that people must Who be knows? spending on yeah, this, I can't right. even imagine. Things speed up now. So I had noticed, I think last year, that it had become a thing to get a manicure and have like one nail, usually your ring finger nail, a different color from all the other nails. Okay. Uh-huh. And that was kind of a cool look. Yeah. And then... Now there is, you know, just as one example, apparently, according to Refinery29, home of all things hip, uh, the the new hot thing is the gradient 
manicure the, where what's every the nail is a different color, but oh. they're all within the same color range. So it's like looking at the paint chip wall. It's like looking at the paint chip wall. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, all right. So monochrome, forget about it, right? Like having your nails all one color is just old lady stuff. That's like having one tattoo. How embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put on some and pants, then, people. And then there's the nail art thing. Oh, yeah. Nail art. I I am aware of nail art because my wife got into it through our trip to Korea, mm-hmm. where it's been huge for a while, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then she found a Korean place here in LA that would do the nail art. And now she started to find that other nail shops are starting to also do the nail art. Although uh, recently she went to a place that didn't used to do it, that now does it. And then they couldn't do it right. And then it took longer and they didn't charge her for it, but it's like, yeah, this is a skill. They did such a bad job. (laughs) Oh, it's a skill. Yeah. But that's so interesting because you have also pre-gamed the podcast by looking for nail art with your wife because because that's because this crossover is starting. Like that, the thing is that nail art has been around forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's been around forever. I mean, we you've all seen people with the the super fancy nails with a rhinestone embedded in the, yeah, this and that. right, right, or the, like this the is not, patterns and stuff. And, yeah, I am yeah. definitely not trying to say that nail art. Is a no, new it, thing. It's just what part I'm of this new culture, right? Is that nail culture exactly has now crossed over and gone fully means, mainstream. So much so that yesterday, and by yesterday, I mean Saturday, April 27th. So two days after Avengers Endgame hit theaters, one of the trending topics around Avengers Endgame on Twitter was the nails. The manicures. Uh huh. The like, Avengers related it, nail. It was a Twitter moment. You've there got is an actual Avengers Twitter purple moment. nail gradient. You've got nail art in the style of all the heroes. Mm-hmm. There's oh my god. There's an Infinity Stone nail. There's an Infinity Stone nail, and that is freaking awesome. And I want it. It's like a gold nail, and it has little right like uh, gems <laughs> in it. And all of them are the Infinity Stone colors. Really, that really needs to be the thumb, though, right? It does. It kind of does. I mean, it's so that's and that one's like purple and it's got sparkles and there's like universes drawn in there. Mm. And then there's like one that's sort of different variants of the Captain America shield all over the manicure. And then there's like different Hulk ones. And then and the the level of art, like some one of them is like it's a it's vintage Marvel comic book. Like they must be stick ons. Like I think there's stickers and there's drawing. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But the fact that it's funny because I've been noticing the nail thing for a while and I've had it in our little bullpen section of our rundown. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm, talk about nails mm-hmm, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But to find that of, you know, all of the things that were happening around Avengers Endgame this weekend, the fact that a, a, the the nail art rose to its own Twitter moment was just like, yeah, right in there. Yeah. Peak thing. That's peak a thing. definitely that's a definite definite signal. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. There's always memes ancillary to big of big cultural events like like this, right? Right. Uh, but I don't think I've seen it be nails before. No, no. I mean, oh my god, yeah, nail art officially or nail culture, yeah, is officially a thing. And again, I'm not saying the people haven't done nails related to even Marvel movies before. I'm just saying I've never seen it like break out as its own subtrend. Total like this total yeah. breakout this thing. Is, and actually, big... I was really happy to find that Refinery Twenty Nine. You noted like I don't know earlier this month that nail art had officially gone mainstream. So I was like, ah, I love I love a verification. Yeah, yeah. I I do wish I had six fingers. I I want actually I want one of these. Uh, well, because then you could get each Infinity Stone on one hand. 
Oh, look at you. You're hilarious. Um, <laughs> I guess you could paint your hand. When does hand art? Can we henna my hand gold with one of the infinity stones? In Ooh, there you go. Well, because one go, some go in the middle. You could, you could totally <laughs> right. make that happen. Yeah, I really, I kind of, I will say also, I kind of want one of these gradient manicures. It looks beautiful. Did you see that Colin Jost made an infinity stone bracelet for Scarlett Johansson? Wow, I did see that that infinity stone jewelry was mm-hmm. becoming a thing. Yes, mm-hmm. Aww. That is, by the way, literally all we are going to say about that. <laughs> yes. No, of course. We're not we gonna are move. done talking. Yeah, we're not going to move beyond that. We promise. Except go to our website and look at the link to the Twitter moment and check out all the freaking nails and it is going to blow your ever-loving mind. I will now move us along to uh, my second thing that I, I read while I was waiting for my airplane today, and it, it's kind of a follow-up because mm-hmm. we have alluded to this on the last episode, but there is a headline, April 25th, Bloomberg Business Week. Millennials tried to kill the American mall, but Gen Z might save it. <gasps> I think they must listen to our show. <laughs> I think they might. Because come uh, on. Well, first of all, there's, there's, a, uh, there's sort of a mile marker aspect to this where I'm seeing Bloomberg use Gen Z in a headline. Yeah, which means they are now a they're now a financial force. They're yes, they're a financial force. I'm not saying we've settled on their name. Could still go iGen. Not gonna what? lie. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think it's too early to call it, but this definitely puts Gen Z out in front as the preferred name, I think. Oh yeah, I'd only heard Gen Z. I thought iGen yeah, that kids I've seen so iGen many? perking or per- percolating around here huh. and there. I can't so believe I'm not, I'm not willing to call the race yet. Right now, it's very heavily in favor of Gen Z, but we're still waiting for some late precincts to report. I love it when, by the way, I unironically, <laughs> on our show called It's a Thing, ask, is that a thing? Ugh. I it's mean, just it so is, natural. Yeah. It is if we say it is. Boom, yeah. boom. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> uh, around 95% of Gen Z visited a physical shopping center in a three-month period in 2018, as opposed to 75% of millennials, 58% of Gen X. Oh, my God. And they genuinely like it, reports Bloomberg. Three quarters of them said going to a brick-and-mortar store was a better experience than online. Oh, my God. We totally called it. We totally said that malls <laughs> were going to come back. 90s nostalgia. Bring back the mall. Uh, obviously, okay, they did a survey of ni- 13 to 19-year-olds, uh, ICSC did this, and uh, they found that food and beverages, you know, that, that one's not that surprising. Like, when I want to go to a restaurant, there's Postmates, don't get me wrong, but if you're 13 to 19, you're probably going out to your restaurant with your friends, right? So that's not mm-hmm. surprising. Personal care products, more than 80% want to oh, buy it in a physical store. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparel, more than 75% want to buy it in a store electronics more than 50 percent want to buy it in a store that's, that's the surprising. one everyone assumed like yeah electronics forget it nobody needs yeah. that anymore yeah because they want to play with it they want to try it out and then novelty items i'm not even sure how they define that is more than 50 percent as well but um that's like the, spencer gifts <laughs> i guess but is i mean that's no that's it's so like gifts i mean there's all the it, that actually makes the most sense that's to me the, because those, that's those sort those of like oh i went to a boutique like, to find a thing oh there's these little notepads and and coasters and mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay and a bag that turns into another bag right yeah. right right so uh, the the one that really got me was electronics, uh, but it goes along with apparel. What they say in the story is that Gen Z likes experiences. 
So mm-hmm. if your store is boring, they're not going to shop there. You're going out of business, right? We're seeing stores still go out of business. And it's that that is part of the reason why Gen Z wants Instagram moments, right? They this want you, they want to be rewarded while they're using their phone. They, they are going to be looking for a discounted item. So pop them up a geolocated coupon for where they're at and boom, they'll get excited and want to buy more often there. Forever 21 is sort of listed as the iconic example of this Instagrammy store that delivers online coupons and all of that. But people like to be at the place, but also be online. It's the marriage of the two, it feels like. This is fascinating. And it's fascinating that like Macy's apparently redesigned, yeah. created a whole, you know, part of the store called Story. It's so interesting because it does feel like that would I don't know. It's interesting because it wouldn't, it seems like that would feel a little contrived, but maybe not. Maybe they're just like, I love it. It's worth the, I'm doing it for the gram. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I didn't even think about this till you said that Instagram is contrived. Yes. So they don't mind, right? We're this Gen X people, you know, uh, uh, things need to be authentic, you know, no synthesizers <laughs> in my music. We're going to have grunge. Uh, and they're like, no, Instagram's totally fake. I just need a good set to make my fake photo look really good on Instagram. Oh, look, Maybe. Macy's gave me one. Awesome. Good job, Macy's. I wonder, though, if Macy's is still going to be doing it wrong, because I also just read an article earlier this week about how from the like this brilliant woman at the Atlantic who nails everything about how Uh, some influencers on Instagram now are starting to get rid of the filter like they're trying to unfilter. Right. Of course. Right. right? It was the backlash against nothing is real. And so now we're reverting to there's a line to draw. Right. Authentic. There's a line to draw. And Macy's physical experiences. This makes perfect sense, though. People crave interaction, period. And Macy's can walk that line by saying, hey, no, we know it's a set. But it's real. You don't have to use a filter because we made it look so good, right? I don't know. I think there's something there still. Oh, my God. I love it. And then apparently, Neiman Marcus bought Fashion Pile, which is an e-commerce company focused on pre-owned goods. And what they're doing is enticing Gen Zers in to sell their used merchandise at Neiman Marcus, which Hmm. Neiman Marcus will then sell online through Fashion Pile. They're not selling the used goods at Neiman Marcus. I guess they're afraid that might water down the brand, but they're, they're like, yeah, come in. No, we're part of the, you know, responsible, let's reuse things culture. You can sell your stuff at the Neiman Marcus. Hey, and then you got cash you can spend at the Neiman Marcus. Isn't Dude, that awesome? I love that. I want to start doing that because I'm all over. I am a mm-hmm. big consignment person, big time, which I guess makes me young at heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm all over. Like I always, I'm all about consigning my stuff and I'm, I'm a huge fan of thread up which is like you can buy consignment stuff Oh wow! online. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Yay. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm just like a kid. This is fascinating though. I love it. So malls Bring are not going to die. The They're just going to become prettier, more fun places to be if this which trend continues. Seems awesome. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Gen Z. Way to take that thing that we really mm-hmm. like and get rid of the like crappy, right. dirty, disgusting carpet and the weird music and make it well like done. for you. Are, are, is Gen Z the Gen X to millennials baby, baby boomer? Maybe. Well, yeah, right. Because isn't every all of them are? Yeah, because we're like, all reactions to the previous generation. That just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. guess it would make sense that they would find it nostalgic to grow out into the world. And the millennials are sort of the preponderant, very self. I don't want to say selfish, but self-directed, like the baby boomers, whereas the Gen Xers are sort of the the uh, the. Less, you know, more disillusioned. It doesn't seem like Gen Z's disillusioned, though. Here. No, definitely not. It yeah. doesn't at all. In fact, mm. that's, I think, probably why they don't reject the contrivance of something mm-hmm. that is set up to just like look pretty. And I mean, when you think about something like the Museum of Candy, 
you know, these sort of pop up. Are yeah. you, have you, th- which are themselves things, which uh-huh. I feel like we actually talked about, but like, I think we might have. I think we did museums and experiences that just basically only exist to go on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. it's like color, colortopia. And that's where I think that's where the stores have a leg up where they can say, look, that was just made for Instagram. That's yeah. like a filter. We are a store. We're actually selling you these things here. We just made it look really good. And we made it look really good. Oh, yeah. I love the mall of the future. Um, my uh next thing is only a tiny bit of a cop-out but we noticed it i've been noticing it a bunch and it's become a running joke with at least one person that i correspond with regularly where like they'll say they'll put google in parentheses to denote that google suggested the response that i just got in text oh uh (laughs) uh-huh it's an android person um but it has made me notice that that these autocomplete suggestions, I assume as just AI gets better and better and becomes mm. part of our life, but they're everywhere. Like they're on text. Obviously, they've been on text. And, and we've for years have played with the – I always played with the iPhone thing where you oh, would sure. just like – And it would become this kind of weird, m- messed up, garbled version of your own brain, like the Twin Peaks version of yeah, things that yeah. you say a lot, but like in a not right order. And that was really funny. But now, like autocomplete is in Outlook. And it'll just, you know, every email, every email client worth its salt even a little bit will suggest a a response that you could go ahead and use in response to that email. But then we were prepping for this show and we even noticed it in Skype, in like the Skype chat. Yeah. It has all these straight, although Skype has a lot of attitude. Rich Straffolino, our producer, put together a little like, I don't know, booklet, a novella. (laughs) (laughs) But a collection, uh, an episode description generator based on predictive keyboards. But I, I just think it's notable that predictive text has become so embedded in everything. Like I'm waiting for it to show up in in like a robocall situation or something where I'm talking to a computer and it's like, press one if you'd like to say, I want to hang up now, jerk. Or <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find. Okay, so he used botnick.org yeah uh, botnick's predictive keyboard and here is uh i'll, I'll read you an excerpt from the the des- description we'll put i think rich plans to put the p- full thing on patreon amazing in vogue bags are becoming a thing in Fortnite. molly's in austin to leave parties <laughs> and tom's plates are expensive <gasps> i mean okay that's disturbing actually that's you really kind <laughs> don't know if you don't know you don't know then right? you don't like, know. Knowing it's a predictive keyboard, I'm like, oh, Molly's in Austin to leave parties. We might not have written it exactly like that, but maybe we would have. <laughs> but maybe we would have. Exactly. And then I'm really, I mean, that's, I think, it's not just that autocomplete is, has been a thing for so many years. It's that it's so ubiquitous now and, frankly, is getting disturbingly good. Yeah, I have uh, I've often looked at the autocomplete in Gmail and thought, mm-hmm. nah, that's not what I want to say. Settle down, settle down, Gmail. And over the past three or four months, I've started to be like, that's going to save me some time. Thank you. No. Like, I don't, I do have this philosophical resistance. Like, I don't want to use it because I don't want the machine to be so good. Well, I've always felt good when the thing I want to write next in text message isn't there because I'm like, oh, good. I'm not being predictive, Uh (laughs) predictable. But yeah. But it turns out. But the thing about the Skype one, I I don't know how many of you use Skype chat, and I will say it is a very niche case. But it is kind of fascinating. It's it's suggestions like they're a little, 
there, there's you can take they're a little choose your own adventure if you're chatting in Skype, and I wonder if this is uh, will, uh-huh. is the case with an email too. Like you could take a slightly aggressive tone in Skype if you want to, and sure. I attempted that in our little conversation, and I wonder. Uh, if you could actually just make somebody mad. I mean, it's literally things like, I'm sure you are. Who says that? Whoever says, I'm sure you are. I don't know. It seems really <laughs> abrupt, abrupt. And then one well, of them was I, like, I wonder I how know good the so. Microsoft AI is in Skype versus the ones we have in Gmail versus the ones we have in text messaging. Indubitably was a suggested response in Skype. For all three of us. For all three of us. Yeah. Verily. <laughs> I mean, like, what is going on with that autocomplete? Maybe Anyways, that's because I, I was in the conversation. I, I talk like, like I'm to, from the oh. 19th century sometimes. Oh, my God. Totally. So it's using a combination of big data. Oh, this guy? <laughs> this Anglophile? Yeah. He wants to say, he wants to say indubitably. Uh, indubitably, I do. But I, anyway, so I think, it is a, I think it is a thing in that it is both ubiquitous, mm-hmm. uh, disturbingly accurate occasionally, and sometimes kind of hilarious in the personality department. I don't know. Send us some funny examples. Watch. It's definitely a thing to watch. It's a thing to watch. Like how good is it going to get and how you, I think it's going to go in various directions. What kinds of things will be born out of it? It's like a thing garden. Oh, look at you. We need it. We need an illustrator on this show. If anybody knows anyone, email us feedback at us, the thing dot me, because we need like an infographic of our thing types and the, yeah, we need a mind garden. Man, you're full of them today. You are on fire. You yeah, that's what happens sir. when I'm sitting on an airplane for an hour. Too many, else to do. too many weird words pop up in your brain. <laughs> it's not predictive <laughs> text. I, I swear. I swear. Uh, thank you, by the way, for not only listening but contributing to the show. Because we have both been bopping around, we don't have a ton of your feedback to read, but we have gotten a lot. Thank you. And a particular note that i did get the email from the guy who already owns the 1985 land cruiser and took a picture of it like looking perfect in the freaking snow and that broke my heart it was amazing yeah we'll, we'll uh, have the proper emails in next week's show we definitely keep, we are reading all your emails and we will share uh more of them to come don't yep. worry feedback edits a thing dot me once more is our email address and if you would like to become a member of It's a Thing and support our show directly. You get access to cool things like our Discord, where you can chat with us during recordings, assuming that we're on time, and <laughs> get an ad-free RSS feed and uh, many more options. Patreon.com slash It's a Thing is where you can do that. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.